Hello everyone and welcome to episode 45 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different topics in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and about how to learn languages more effectively. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to talk to you guys about another book that I quite like, not necessarily one of my favourites but a book that I like, that is called The Greatest, written by a guy called Matthew Syed. But we will talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Before we do, if you would like to download the transcript for this episode or indeed any of the other episodes of the podcast, then you can do that for free right now on the website. That is www.unlockingbritishenglish.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast and you would like to support the growth of the podcast, the continuation of the podcast, to support me making these episodes, and you would also like to access bonus episodes, weekly bonus episodes, uh, then you can do that through the Patreon account right now. That is www.patreon.com slash unlocking British English and is a huge help to me and Olivia who also helps me out with the podcast. And so yes, in today's episode, like I say, I'm going to talk about the book uh, that is called The Greatest, written by a guy called Matthew Syed. Uh, he, alongside being an author, obviously a writer, uh, he's also a journalist, uh, and he was also a number one English table tennis player. So he was the number one ranked table tennis player uh, in England. And yeah, he's written a few different books, many different articles on sports, on high performance, um, essentially trying to understand how we get better at things, right? Um, and the reason why I quite like this book in particular is because it's not a standard book in the sense of it's not just one long um piece of writing, right? Uh, this book is actually, essentially, it's like a collection of short articles, of articles from different magazines, newspapers, this guy has written, different segments, some things that were unpublished, shorter thoughts and things like that. So it's a collection of shorter thoughts and ideas. Uh, and so I thought in this episode, I'll share a few of my favourite points from the book uh, and what they mean for us, because most of the things that this guy is writing about, you know, even though it's aimed at the general public, he's talking about, you know, high-level athletes, professional athletes, um, you know, the kind of people that a lot of people aspire to be like, but obviously our lives aren't like that of a professional athlete, um, you know, not all of us are taking things quite as seriously as someone that's trying to play for their national football team or something like that, so uh, I wanted to talk about the things that I found interesting in this book, but also a little bit about what I think they mean for us, uh, how they can help us as normal people, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, let's get into it. So the first thing that I want to talk about in today's episode, the first point, is greatness is forged by competition. Okay, greatness is forged by competition. Forged means like uh, when you make things out of metal, right? You shape metal and things like that. You're forging metal. Um, so it's like this idea of bending something strong. Greatness is made by competition, essentially. Um, so in the book, uh, the author talks about how from the space race, the invention of the internet, uh, the invention of the phone, the discovery of DNA, um, all of these great things that we've done as human beings, these things weren't created or discovered just out of the goodness of our hearts, just from human decency, just because we just we just want to, to do things. These things were born 
a lot of times out of fierce rivalries. They are born from from competition, from people wanting to win, wanting to be the first person to do something, wanting to be uh, to be better than the next person, better than the other group of people, uh, whatever it is. You know, Rafael Nadal is a, a great tennis player. Would he be as great if he didn't have a Roger Federer to chase after to compete against? You know, most of the time when we look at it uh, with a little bit more distance, a situation like that, we recognize that, you know, those two together are what make each other so great. You know, they have to keep pushing uh, to keep trying to better each other and all those kind of things. Um, And so what does this mean for us? Why have I included that in today's episode? Firstly, you know, when I talk about competition, uh, I don't necessarily mean, you know, being aggressive, being rude, being negative towards other people. Um, You know, being competitive can just be about, you know, having a desire to win and having a desire to achieve um, the most that you can, you know, to be the best uh, that you can be, essentially, if that doesn't sound too cheesy. Um, and so the reason that I included this is because I think it's important that we challenge ourselves, that we put ourselves out there, right, that we put ourselves in position, in positions where, you know, things aren't always going to be that easy, where we might fail and things like that. Um, you know, it's not a bad thing to be competitive necessarily, you know, um, with projects and things that I do. I look at other people that are in that field. I look at other people that are doing things similar to me, you know, and I, and I, and I, I would like to be able to do to some degree better than those people. Now, that's not because I wish anything bad on those people. Like, I hope that those people aren't successful. It's nothing personal. Uh, It doesn't even really mean anything. It's just like a target. It's just something to aim for, right? To say, okay, well, this person is pretty established at what what he's doing or what she's doing. Uh, So that's what I'm going to kind of aim for. I'm going to try and go a step further. Doesn't have to come from a place of negativity. Certainly doesn't have to come from a place of of hate or anything like that but even if you're not the kind of person that you know is has any interest in being competitive in the relation uh well in regards to being competitive against other people you can be competitive with yourself right you can try and be better than you were yesterday you can try and push your limits all the time and um yeah, you know, I think this is something as the author identifies that when we look at people that are very high achievers and things that they do, um, they're, they're competitive people and their greatness, so to speak, has been forged through that competition. You know, they've had failures, they've had tough times, they've had uh, people that they, you know, just couldn't beat for a while. You know, if I'm thinking of sports, you know, um, whether you're a fan of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, if you're a basketball person, um, you know, all of those people had to lose for five, six, seven years before they finally reached where they wanted to try and get to, you know, and that competition was necessary. They had to go against the absolute best to 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 bring the best out of themselves. Uh, and so, like I said, it doesn't have to be something where you're actually actively competing against another person. Uh, we're just using that as an example. But I think it's important to to challenge yourself, to put yourself in a position uh, where things are going to be, you know, difficult and you're not exactly sure 
if you're going to be able to get it done or you know how difficult it's going to be um don't put yourself in in crazy positions obviously uh but you know that that challenge is what is going to create the growth that you're looking for so yeah challenge yourself it's important put yourself out there uh greatness is forged by competition so that is point number one for today uh, the second point that I wanted to talk about in today's podcast is that your environment is key. So in the book, the author talks a lot about often how when we look at some how someone became good, how someone became great at something, we often focus just on the individual, right? We look at that person. Uh, we take a singer, we look at Beyonce, and we say, how did Beyonce become such a good singer? And then we just look at her. We just look at that one person. But actually, it's often when we look past this person that, and we look at everything that surrounded them, we look at their environment and, and where and how they came to be the person that they are today, uh, that is how we start to understand, in part at least, how a lot of their achievements were possible. Um, you know, there's often a lot of times there are family sacrifices, you know, parents give up things that are important to them uh, to, to be able to put their kids in a position to be able to achieve the their goals, the things that they want to do. Um, you know, maybe it's working extra jobs or, you know, giving up things that you enjoy. Sometimes it's a case of timing. Sometimes things were happening at a certain time. You know, I mentioned Michael Jordan earlier. Of course, you know, Michael Jordan's an absolutely fantastic athlete, at least in my personal opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, but it's you can't deny that a part of the reason that Michael Jordan became such a big name all around the world was was because of the kind of the timing. The world was changing, uh, sports was changing, television was changing. Uh, we, there was a lot more sports on television. There was a lot more money going into marketing. Um, the technology that was creating the, the the clothing, the shoes, all this different stuff it was all changing. Was all growing. You know, there were great basketball players before Michael Jordan, but a lot of people don't know who they are because they existed in a time where there just wasn't as much access to so much of this information and so many different things, you know, weren't right. So whether it's the timing or just the environment, the location, you know, sometimes you're born in the right place at the right time and, and that's a big help. Um, and so, yeah, the author talks a lot about how the environment is key to understanding how someone achieved such great results. And so what does this mean for us? Well, I think that again, well, I suppose it's the same point, right? Your environment is key, but I think it's important for us to try and create a positive environment for ourselves in working towards your goals. So this can take a few different forms. It can look a few different ways, right? Um, you know, in part, I'm talking about just making things easier for yourself, make it easier uh, for you to do the things you need to do. Um, that sometimes that's cutting things out of your life or introducing new things. Um, but like I said, you know, the people that surround you as well are are, are very important. And so, you know, I think it's important to try and find some sort of support for your goals um, and also accountability, right? When when other people are involved in your goals, are aware of your goals and, uh, yeah, are involved in some, some to some degree in what you're doing, um, it's not only just the support, it's also that you have accountability, right? If you say to someone, oh, I'm going to do an hour of this every day for the next 30 days, 
well, the next time you see that person, they're going to say, oh, how did it go? What did you, what were the results? How did you do after 30 days? And so you know that, and so you've got that kind of pressure, that little bit of pressure to know that, oh, I need to do this, or I need to get this done because I have that accountability. And so uh, find people that will support what you're doing, are interested in what you're doing to some degree, right? Um, if your family aren't that interested in what you're talking about, then talk to your friends. If your friends aren't that interested, join Facebook groups where people are talking specifically about your interests. Uh, if we're talking about languages, talk to your language exchange partner or your teacher or whatever it is about uh, this different these different things. But try and find some sort of way to have you know to create a support system of some kind um, because the environment around you is is really important it doesn't matter how talented you are uh, you're not going to be able to do everything all alone and that's the same for everyone in, ev in any walk of life uh, whether it's sports music politics or otherwise everyone has a team everyone has a support system everyone has people that they can go to for advice and things like that uh, and so like I say you know find people that are interested in what you're interested in find people that are passionate about what you're passionate about uh, and you know connect with those people share your goals with each other hold each other accountable um, because having that positive environment is going to help you uh, a lot and so yeah that is point number two uh, so the third point that I want to talk about today is to redefine failure okay so I guess this is something that a lot of people talk about, but it's still important, and so I wanted to um, to include it. We often think of failure as just profoundly negative, right? It's something that is 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 deeply negative. We almost associate our failures with who we are as a person, right? If you fail, you you don't say oh, I failed, you say, I'm a failure. Okay, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people, right? We associate uh, the results of our actions with who we are. And so failure is a very, very negative thing. But as a lot of people talk about, and as this guy talks about in this book, you know, failure is, is central to life and learning, and it's how you grow. And so if we can remove the negative connotations of failure, if we can see it for what it really is as an opportunity to learn and grow, then that changes everything. And it means we don't have to be so scared uh, of putting ourselves in situations where we might fail. Because, you know, like we said, failure is 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 normal it's a part of life uh, and not only is it just a normal part of life it's a necessary part of the learning process you know if you're never making mistakes you're never growing you're never having these opportunities to learn and to develop um, and so what does this mean for us why have I included this specifically for us that are not thinking about professional sports and these kind of things well again I guess the point is fairly similar right you know when we understand failure like this there's no real reason to fear mistakes so it's not just about understanding that oh, okay failure is normal it's fine it's okay all of that's great but I think it's important to understand that no actually mistakes and failures are a key and necessary part of this process and so it's not just that we want to accept failure as a part of what we do I think that it's important to try and embrace failures embrace mistakes embrace opportunities to fail and make mistakes because that is where you're going to be able to examine what is happening to examine what it is you are good at what it is you're not good at what it is you need to improve on exactly to get you past uh, this point so that next time you go you don't fail in the same way you don't make the same mistakes so 
it's important to redefine failure, not just as something that is okay, not just as something that is normal, but actually as something that is, you know, that can be part of a positive experience because it's the key for us to understand how we can move forward. So that is the third point that I want to talk about today. And so that takes us on to the fourth and final point. Um, So the fourth point for today is to take risks, right? Uh, Risk-taking is a strange thing. Uh, The author describes risk-taking, you know, or risk itself as a strange and intoxicating thing. Right, we we we're drawn to watching it because of the extremes of the potential outcome for the risk taker. Right, he he might win it all or he might lose it all. Um, but most of us ourselves, we're what what people would call risk averse. Right, we're people that we don't really want to take risks because most of the time we're just afraid of what might happen we're afraid to step out of our comfort zone and into the unknown uh you know there might be bad things about staying still but at least i know what to expect um and you know it doesn't matter what kind of goals we're talking about what kind of areas of our life we're talking about uh, it doesn't matter what type of person you are you know we all deal with uh these problems of you know hesitating when we need to take risks and and um you know not necessarily being so comfortable with with going out into the unknown um but you know we have to step out of our comfort zone to grow and sometimes we we have to take chances and so what does this mean for us it doesn't mean be careless right but it does mean that we have to accept the reality is we can never know if it's going to work. We never know if things will end up better if we take the chance or if it will be better to just stay here and stay safe. We don't know if we don't make a decision. Um, and so, you know, the only thing that we do know is that if, is that if we don't make a decision, nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to grow. Nothing is really going to advance. Um, and the reason that I wanted to include this is because, again, I think it's something that is easy to just skip over, right? Oh, yeah, take risks. No, everyone talks about it. But how many of us actually do it, right? How many of us actually sit down and accept the fact that, you know, the scary things that lay in front of us on, on the way towards our goals are, are inevitable? And so at some point, you're just going to have to bite the bullet and, and, and see what happens. Like I say, it doesn't mean, like you know, take every risk you ever see and be careless and, and just don't care about what happens, you know, we can make calculated risks. Um, but sometimes you've just got to give it a shot. Uh, and oftentimes, it's more likely you'll regret not trying more than you would regret failing, right? If I give it everything and I don't make it, yeah, sure, maybe that's not going to be super fun. But if I don't try and I always have to live with the the idea that I, you know, I didn't try, I didn't give it a go, um, you know, that's that for a lot of people at least is, is harder, I think. So give it a shot, you know, take risks. And so... Like I say, this book is a collection of all kinds of different short thoughts and different things. I decided just to pick out a couple of my favourites just because uh, I thought they were interesting. Uh, I hope they've been relatively interesting to you guys as well. Hopefully you've maybe picked up a couple of new words or phrases. Again, if you want to download the transcript, you can do that for free on the website. Um, As always, if you are... um, Well, if you would like to suggest 
future topics for the podcast. If you think, oh, I'd like to hear Shane talk about this, uh, let me know. Please get in contact. You can message me on Instagram. You can send me an email. The information will be in the description box wherever you are listening to this episode. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I look forward to speaking to you again in the next one.